G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this was back in 2015 when I was 16 years old. I'm a male as well, by the way. So this was in summer when both my parents went to visit some relatives out of town and they wouldn't be home for like three days. I was the only child that was left in this house and my grandma did visit me every single day to make me lunch and whatnot. I actually didn't ask her to do that because, well, I knew how to cook, but I mean, who can stop old Nan, right? But of course, she didn't stay during the night and that was when I pretty much went wild watching movies, gaming, watching YouTube, just as much as I wanted. I mean, everything you could picture a 16-year-old doing when his parents aren't home. And on the second night, I was just watching a movie, and I ran out of chips, paused the movie, and went down into the kitchen to grab some more. And all of a sudden, I hear a window break and a door opening. The kitchen was separated from the living room where the door was opened. I quickly grabbed a knife and slowly peeked my head around... And there he was, a tall guy around, I would say two meters tall at least, had a baseball cap, some old jacket, probably leather. It was torn on the right sleeve, but my phone was in the room upstairs. From the kitchen door, the stairs were directly to its right, so in my stupid mind, I was thinking that I could sneak past him and lock myself in. He was going through the shelf next to the door very loudly, I must say, and so I got to the stairs somehow and... He turned around at the last second and realized that I was there. Out of fear, I guess, I just sort of screamed and threw the knife at him. And I missed him, but the wall beside his head had the knife sticking in there. I guess he got scared too by me and my savage screaming and the throwing of the knife. And so he just ran before I could grab another knife. Yes, I ran back to get another one. Adrenaline is one heck of a thing, right? And when I saw that he left, I ran to my room and I called the cops. They came quickly and just took some fingerprints and any DNA samples that they could find. The next morning, I called my parents and they came back around noon. I don't know why, but I kept the knife lodged in the wall next to the door too. But the first question they asked is, why is there a knife in the wall? We eventually changed the front door with a really heavy duty one this time and they arrested the guy within the same week. And one of the cops told me that the guy was allegedly thinking that I was going to kill him and tried to call the police on an attempted murder or something. Go figure, right? So I guess the moral of the story is hide when someone is robbing your house or at the very least learn how to act like a maniac like I did. About five to six months ago, my partner and I were struggling to find an apartment with a landlord that would rent us. With the arrival of our daughter approaching quickly, we were becoming quite desperate in finding a place to move into. Eventually, we found a relatively inexpensive two-bedroom apartment for rent, and the landlord happily rented it to us. 
about a week before we moved all of our belongings into the apartment and unpacked. My daughter had been born and we began filling the walls with artwork and placing decor amongst the various countertops and shelves and whatnot and my partner was very enthusiastic about arranging and decorating everything to make it feel like a home. Around a month into living in this apartment, I grew to feel a little uneasy around nightfall. Originally, I just sort of brushed it off as me being a new father, thinking it's simply me being protective over my new daughter and my partner. At about three and a half months of living in the apartment, aside from the occasional uneasiness during the night, everything felt okay and safe. But one night, I had been laying on my couch at about 2am, the way the unit is built as well allows me to see straight down the kitchen hallway to where the bathroom and the main bedroom doorways are when I was laying on the couch. And as I was laying there, I began to see a sort of swift, dark apparition go from the bedroom doorway to the cabinets in the hallway. It began to look as if something kept running back and forth from where my partner and child were sleeping to the unit beside us. Obviously, this sight made me feel a little bit concerned so I went into the bedroom with my sleeping family and I went to bed. The next week my partner and I were sitting on the couch together in the afternoon. My partner was breastfeeding our daughter often looking down at the tv while I played video games or just glancing down at her phone and whatnot. She'd been positioned in the same way I was when I had seen the shadows a week prior and was facing perpendicular to her towards the television and she said, babe, with a sort of surprised look on her face, I just saw the tip of a white dress go into the bathroom. These words made the hair on the back of my neck stand up and I began to feel fearful this time. She'd seen the frightened look on my face and I turned to ask her if she was sure. Yeah, don't be afraid though. If it was here to hurt us, I would probably feel scared too. Just a, a light smudge, I think, she told me. My partner and I are both First Nations. And because of this, the cultural teachings and beliefs we've both grown up with, we're both very aware of the existence of spirits or ghosts and how best to deal with them. My partner definitely has more paranormal or spiritual experiences than me, though. Smudging is simply the burning of sage, and we've used it every time that we've experienced any of these phenomena as we believe it's a spiritual medicine that provides protection and cleansing against any negative energy or entities. But anyway, around our maybe fourth month of living in this apartment, my partner and I began experiencing objects being sort of moved outside of our view and hearing unexplainable sounds. The first time this happened was when we heard the scuffling of shoes and a sort of high heel being dropped around the corner by the front door. This happened late at night again, probably around midnight, and immediately I honestly thought someone had entered our apartment, so I opened my pocket knife and whipped around the corner quickly, but when I did, there was nothing there but the high heel in the middle of the doorway, which had originally been placed on the shoe rack neatly with all the other ones. My partner and I smudged and we went back to bed once again as we weren't interested in experiencing any further events as such that evening. But we distinctly remember that we began to feel watched nightly after that and felt a, a presence around us often. My partner and I reached out to family members asking what we should do and they suggested feasting whichever entity is occupying our home. 
In our culture, feasting spirits is part of our responsibilities, and when they make their presence known like this, it usually means it's time to feast them again. I prepared some food, my partner and I prayed for it, we placed it in a sort of small wooden dish and then left it out in the apartment. But from the beginning of the fourth month to the middle of it, we began experiencing paranormal events almost daily. A week ago, my partner had heard our rocking chair in the living room knocking against the wall, and two days ago, she heard the cardboard from my daughter's new crib rustling in a way that didn't sound like it could have done it by itself. Although we were both long overdue to feast, doing so didn't seem to alleviate the events that we'd been experiencing in our apartment. And the feelings of uneasiness during nighttime grew into a sort of moderate anxiety for me as well. On a few occasions, my daughter, who was four and a half months old, would suddenly wake up screaming bloody murder. Sometimes too, we would leave her to play with a toy in her swing while we would do some dishes down the hall. And on a few occasions, she'd begin screaming like the few times she did when waking up. It's also within our beliefs too that because infants are new to this physical world, their perceptions are still closely intertwined with the spiritual world, so... We grew concerned with the idea that she might be seeing this thing that is occupying our apartment. Last night at around 3am though, we'd all been sleeping in the bedrooms at the end of the hall, and in the next room over, my laptop began playing a YouTube video on full volume. It was loud enough too to wake us both up, and I knew that I'd been watching YouTube videos prior to closing the laptop and going to bed, but I've never recalled a time where my laptop or any laptop for that matter, began playing any media while closed. I didn't even have the volume on full blast either, so it was uh, really strange. And all of this is definitely the most paranormal activity that I've ever experienced in my entire life anywhere. And even for my partner too, I can sense that this is becoming tiring and frightening for her. I'll admit that on one hand we feel that because of the stresses and isolation of this pandemic, maybe our negative emotions and energies are attracting entities of ill intent. On the other hand, we feel that maybe other residents within the building are bringing these entities here too. Regardless though, any reasoning as to why this might be happening is just speculation and we'll probably never know exactly why it's all going down. At this point, I'm really not sure what to do because, well, we can't really move and well, we don't really understand why all this stuff is still here and what's really going on. But if any of you guys have any ideas about what we could do next, then I'm all ears. Once when I was six or seven, I was trick-or-treating with my cousin, who was 12 at the time. It was getting late, and we decided to just hit one more last street, and then we'd call it quits. The first house was done, and there were only four that were still up and handing out candy. We split up to cover more houses more quickly, and I went up the road, got my candy from the two houses that I was assigned by my cousin for, and I go back to meet her. I go to where our rendezvous point was, and she's not there. So I just decided to go to the two houses that she went to. When I got to the first one and I knock and my handsome 25 to 30 year old man answers and asks me if I want to come in to get my candy. 
and I'm about to agree when my cousin wails like a bat out of hell and comes out of that room that was just around the corner of that front door. She shoves the guy into the wall, grabs me and bolts out of the house as quickly as she can. I'm screaming because I dropped my candy bag and she's crying a little. Our house wasn't far from that point and when we get home, she was just in absolute hysterics, blubbering to my mum and her sister about what had happened. I didn't get it then, but a couple of years later my mum explained that my cousin had refused to go in to get the candy and he hit her in the head and actually dragged her into the house half unconscious. When I got to the door, she heard my voice and came to enough to get up and get the heck out of there. And apparently, my mum called the police and upon searching the man's house, they found emails on his computer that were linked to a human trafficking ring. It chills me to my bones to this day to think about what would have happened if I had just waited for her to come instead of going to that man's house like I did. This cousin is actually in therapy because of PTSD from that incident now. And that was the last time that she ever went trick-or-treating. So I was watching Full Metal Jacket with my dad the other day. We both love that movie and tend to get lost in it, but we like watching movies in the dark too because it keeps our focus on the screen. I was holding my dog who was pretty elderly, 15 years old. She gave me a normal nudge that told me that she wanted to get off the couch and go to use the bathroom, so I place her down and continue to watch the movie. My TV is next to a small backwards L-shaped hallway that leads to both my room and the bathroom next to it. My dog's wee pad was in the corner of the L. I see her walk towards the hallway and then for about maybe 10 seconds I hear her nails quickly scratching the floor. And for an elderly dog who refuses to try and jump on the couch because of her arthritis, she ran as fast as she could and jumped onto my lap whimpering and hiding her face in my stomach. I instinctively look towards the hallway and I see a woman look around the corner back at me and she smiled at me with a conniving smile and then disappeared behind the wall. I quickly got up and looked around the corner but when I did, there was nobody there. I was really upset about this because, well, whoever this person was, they just gave my dog the absolute fright of her life and they got away with it too. And the other thing too is that my father saw it as well. It wasn't just me, but he didn't see a face. He allegedly just saw a silhouette and he even hugged my dog so tight because of her crying. He even said to me, my name, did you see that? After this too, I moved her wee pad and I never let her go into the bathroom hallway after that. To this day, I still don't know what that was, but one thing I know for sure is that I'll never forget that face. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet.
And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Three years ago, I was living with my then-boyfriend in a one-bedroom apartment in a little mountain town. It was a half-basement unit, so the bottom of all of our windows were level with the ground outside. It was also an older apartment, and not all the windows could fully lock. So one day, my boyfriend comes home from work like he normally did while I'm just laying on the sofa, and immediately runs up to the window near me and looks out of it frantically. He then goes to look out of every other window in the house, then walks around the outside looking in the windows, but when he comes back from this confusing exploit, I ask him what the heck is going on and why he's being such a spaz. Well, I think I just walked up on a dude looking in the window at you and he took off as I walked up. He tells me. This was naturally very unsettling, but after discussing it and considering the time of day, it was about 2pm and the number of people out and about around the complex at that time... We came to the conclusion that it must have just been a curious neighbor or someone passing by happening to glance in. And with that, we mostly forget about it. If only that was the end. So for the next couple of months, odd stuff happened here and there. Someone would knock on the door occasionally and then when I went to answer, nobody was there. I would find things in my apartment that I wasn't familiar with or things like clothing items would just vanish. I didn't really think twice about any of it. That is, until one night. So my boyfriend and I were arguing around one or two in the morning and we were being pretty loud. We were standing in the kitchen face to face, his back to an open window with the blinds up halfway and I was facing it. Amidst our arguing, I glanced behind him at the window thinking that I saw the reflection of my face in it. But then I remembered that the window was open and it definitely wasn't my face there was a man with his face pressed almost against the window screen watching us given the fact that we were arguing and it was late i thought for a moment that it might have been a concerned neighbor walking up to the window to speak to us our main walkway for the complex was right on the other side of that window so i spoke to him uh hello can i help you i asked a little aggressively thinking a neighbor was intruding on our privacy he responded to this by staring, unwavering and cold, right at me. His face didn't change expression, he didn't blink or move, just looked straight at me, a way that I've never been looked at before or since. In this instant, I also realized that because of the window being level with the ground, the only way this man's face could be where it was was if he was laying on the ground outside the apartment or crouched and contorted to look into the window and at that my heart sank i buried my face into my boyfriend's chest and i closed my eyes in fear my boyfriend up to this point thought that i was messing with him but when i buried my face into his chest only then did he say is there really someone at that window i whispered yes to him he felt my fear and took a moment before he turned around. By the time that he did, the man was gone though. It was at this point too that I started to think about all of the little odd occurrences that I'd been experiencing and I assumed the worst. 
I filed a police report with his description, and my brother loaded up my apartment with weapons to protect me, or at least inform this peeping Tom that I was armed. After that night, though, myself, my boyfriend, and my brother too were on high alert. There were a couple of times when my brother came over that he saw a sketchy dude hanging around and even one time he saw him at my window. He tried to follow him discreetly but the guy took off running as soon as my brother stepped in his direction. The last night though that I had an experience with this man, I was sitting home alone on my sofa. My boyfriend was at work, a restaurant about two blocks away. He had actually picked me up from work an hour earlier and we had sat on the sofa together a little while when we got home. Then he kissed me and left for work, locking the door behind him. After he left, I continued to sit on the couch on Reddit for a while, just in silence. After about an hour of me sitting there in silence, I hear a door creak open. It's a small apartment, so to see the bedroom and the bathroom doors from the couch, all I had to do was lean a little to the left. I assume it was one of my cats coming out of my bedroom or something, so you can imagine my shock when... I lean over and see the door that's opening is the door to the water heater closet, the small storage space. I look to my right and I see both my cats sleeping soundly at the other end of the couch. I look back to the door and it's still creaking open very slowly. And then it opens enough for me to see it. A set of fingers wrapped around that door easing the door ever so gently to open it as quietly as possible. And that was going to be a big fat no from me. I ran barefooted out the door, into the snow and down the street to my boyfriend's work. I immediately called the cops and when everybody was back to check out the apartment, he was of course gone. But after that, my boyfriend and I packed our stuff up and we went to stay with my parents. And six months later... We moved a thousand miles away from that town, and that was pretty much the end of it. Now, I live a thousand miles away from where all of this happened, so naturally a part of me thinks that there's just no way that this person could have found me. But last week, I heard a knock on the front door of my apartment. I was expecting a package, so I figured it was a delivery driver and I didn't answer. I'd go and get the package later. But then they knocked again, and again, and the third one made me feel uneasy, so I waited a good 20 minutes to check the door, and when I did, there was no package, no note, no nothing, which means that somebody was just knocking, and although it made me uneasy, I didn't initially think back to my stressful experience in my last town, I just thought that maybe somebody was trying to come and speak to me about something and once they thought that I wasn't home, they must have left. But then, two days ago, I went out to get some groceries. I have a little patio and I go out there in the mornings to just chill or check out the plants a lot and I've been known to leave it unlocked in the day on accident. I never thought it was a huge deal until... I came home from the store two days ago and the deadbolt to my apartment was now locked. The deadbolt that can only be locked from the inside of the apartment, period. I honestly assumed at first that somebody had robbed me because I dumbly left my patio unlocked. I called my sister, I called my current new boyfriend, 
I waited for people to be with me and I went into my apartment through the sliding glass patio door. But when I did, nothing was out of place. Nothing of value was taken and at this point, my heart sank. Nothing was touched, nothing was stolen. But someone was inside my apartment just because they wanted to be inside of it. I told my boyfriend about my stalker and he's not taking this all as lightly like my last boyfriend did. I filed a police report. We checked for recording devices and cameras and he put Nest cameras up all over the place too and we're now on very high alert. I really truly hope that this is all just a, a sick coincidence but... If this man really has followed me across multiple state lines, there's no one on this earth that I'm less interested in me. So yesterday, I was walking back home after hanging out with some friends. Before anyone asks too, I was completely sober and in my right mind. I've never been afraid to walk alone in the dark. I'm quite tall and intimidating looking from a distance. And I always bring a pocket knife when I know that I'll be walking in the dark. Anyways, so I was walking past some woods on the way back to my house and I heard my mother's voice call out, Gabriel, help, from inside the woods. I immediately recognized her voice and I turned to look into the woods as she kept calling my name over and over again, I couldn't see anything. It was just far too dark to see through the trees. But I called back, heading towards the woods. Mum? She sounded like she was in trouble and scared. And I assumed that she had gone for a run like she did every night and somehow got lost in the woods or something. But then I realized that it couldn't be her. Because she had texted me like only 10 minutes before asking me to come home soon to watch my little sister so she could go on a run. I stopped dead in my tracks and I called my mum. The voice in the woods was still calling my name and getting more frantic by the second. She picked up and I immediately asked her if she was in the woods and she said no. She was back home with my little sister. But... I swear to you that as soon as she said that she was back home, her voice stopped calling my name from inside the woods. I was immediately overcome with a wave of dread and fear that I've never felt anything like it before. Something in those woods was trying to lure me in by using my mother's voice and it knew my full name, not just my nickname, which made things even scarier because... The only person who calls me Gabriel is my mum. I immediately turned though and I ran faster than I've ever run before back home. When I got back home, my legs just felt like jello and my lungs were burning. I opened the door and there was my mum sitting on the couch with my sister. Now, I would naturally think that this was some sort of a prank or something, but my mum just isn't one for pranks. And even if she was, there's just no way that she could have gotten home before me without me seeing her. And so, for me, the only remaining question is, what was in those woods? So this is recalling a really weird experience that happened to me about eight years ago when I was nine or ten. So at the time, I slept on a bunk bed, but I didn't share the bed with anyone. 
I just preferred sleeping up high for some reason as a kid, and I don't know why, but I just did. Anyway, on this particular night, I couldn't get to sleep for some reason. I tossed and turned for a few hours before just giving up and going on my iPad to watch some good old YouTube. After a while, I decided to check the time on my iPad and it said 3.13. I remember that very vividly for some reason, but anyway, right after I checked the time, that's when a big bright light just came shining through my window between the blinds next to my bed. It was so bright that it was like a floodlight from a stadium was just shining into my bedroom. And this light was really weird for two main reasons. Well, apart from the obvious of why the hell was there a bright light in my room in the first place. But the first one was that my window faced sideways with a tall fence next to it, so it couldn't have been the neighbors. And the second was that the light appeared to be spinning or something really fast. Then, after about maybe 30 seconds, there was a big loud metallic bang and it was so loud that it left my ears ringing. I still don't know how no one woke up from it, but maybe they did and they just ignored it. I don't know, but it's also possible that my brain was just so overtired at this point that I made it all up, right? I don't really know, but after the loud bang, the mysterious light just stopped spinning and just shone through my window. I really don't know where 10-year-old me got the guts to do so, but I decided to climb down the ladder and go over to the window to investigate. As I walked over to the window... My head started pounding and my hands and feet just went numb. The last thing I remember is moving away the blinds and looking out, although I can't remember what I saw out there. And the next thing that I remember is that I woke up in my neatly made bed on top of my blanket with my legs laid together and my arms crossed on my shoulders like an Egyptian or someone going for communion. I had no pain or anything, just a slight sense of disorientation and dizziness, but that was it. My video was still playing, but only about 20 or so seconds passed from where I last remembered. But the big difference was that it was now 5.30, which didn't make any sense. In the morning, I didn't tell my family. I can't tell you why, but I just felt scared or shocked, and I still haven't talked about it with them since. They believe that I'm telling the truth, but they have no explanation for what could have happened. I do believe that life exists on other planets, but... I'm very skeptical of aliens that have visited Earth. I don't know if I was abducted that night or not, but I have no other explanation for what it could have been. If you have any idea or theory, then please comment below, as I really have no clue almost 10 years later. My mum has worked in the same nursing home for the past 20 years and has had a few experiences there. The home has two floors, a basement, and an attic. Long hallways connect to the residence home, sharply branching left and right at the end. And at the other end is the kitchen and the dining room. For reference too, at the end of the hallway to the right is the storage and cleaning supplies room. No resident rooms on that side. So one night, my mum was working late and had to go and get something from the supply cupboard. She turned the corner from the kitchen to head up the long hallway... She has MS, so has to be careful walking, so tends to look at the floor while doing so. As she's walking, she glances up and sees what looks like the bottom of an old Victorian red dress go around the corner to the right, near the floor, rather quickly. Obviously, sometimes residents can wander at night, but none could turn around the corner that quickly. 
but she continues up because, well, you never know, and lo and behold, no one is there, and the only three doors down there are all still locked. I don't think she got the supplies that she needed that night, and she just noped out of there. On another occasion, it was Christmas time, and my mum was going to go up to the attic and get Christmas napkins and all that sort of stuff. None of the staff like going up there because there's always been an eerie feeling and they usually go up in pairs. On a side note, my mum took me up when I was a teenager and it definitely was a creepy vibe. But for whatever reason, she had to go up by herself this time. As you can imagine, the attic is actually pretty large here. At the opposite end from the elevator is where all the junk that they don't use gets put and no one really goes up there pretty much ever. So my mum's been up there for about five minutes at this point, gathering whatever she needs, when she hears a rustling behind her. She stopped and paid attention for a second when, all of a sudden, there's a loud bang from behind the junk with just no explanation. And again, she got out of there quick smart. But there were other things too, like the usual stuff, hearing footsteps behind her, turning around and no one's there, apparently that happens a lot. I don't know how much of a coincidence this is too, but when the residents pass away, it's always in threes. Like, one will pass and everyone is like, well no, two more are going to go soon, and they always do. Then, no one will pass for weeks and months, and as soon as one goes, so do another two. It's really strange, but it always seems to happen that way. My mum tells me too that most of the staff there have had some weird experiences, but I don't know this story, so I can't verify anything. I would also like to know if anyone else has heard of this stuff, like the residents passing in threes. I would really like to know if anyone else has ever experienced anything like this. This story is technically my mum's, but it somewhat affected my siblings and me as well, so I want to share it. So my mum grew up in South Florida, and this started during the early 70s. She was a senior in high school, and she met a guy at a wedding. He was the drummer in the wedding band, a few years older than her, and therefore he was cool, a mysterious guy that many girls her age dreamed of. They immediately hit it off, and he actually commented on her saddle shoes that she was wearing at the time. She gave him her phone number and I believe they maybe went out to one or two dates or something and everything seemed totally fine. He would regularly call the house and she would sit at the kitchen floor and talk to him and one night their phone conversation just took a really weird turn. He started asking her things like, have you ever thought about killing yourself and do you ever think about murdering people? Obviously, she was shocked at this and got very uncomfortable and completely stopped talking to him. And this is the last that she heard from him, or so she thought. It was 2012 and I had just graduated from college. I was hanging out in my college town to finish out my lease and work and figure out my next move. My mum calls me and says that something weird has been going on. She tells me that she received a letter from this man that she knew in high school. I had no idea about this guy at the time and she had never mentioned him at all to me, my siblings or even my dad. She explains to me who this man is and how she knew him, but hadn't spoken to him since that one uncomfortable phone call. The letter said something like, I see you're really happy and married with kids, etc. But he goes on to mention each of us by name. He also mentions my dad's name and even where he works. 
Now, my parents met in college in another state completely. They quickly married, graduated college, and moved to yet another state, and then another state once my two sisters were born. So she had no idea how he knew that they were married and the names and address of everyone, and she has never been on social media, and once she had all of us kids, she even stopped working. I mean, if you were to Google her name, you wouldn't find a thing. She then recalls getting a phone call from the Alumni Association at her college, telling her that a man had been calling on and off for months trying to get her contact information, but they weren't allowed to give out that information. She then tells me his name, and I actually remember having a Facebook friend request and a Twitter follow request from this man. My siblings all had them as well. My mum, having no social media though, like I mentioned, asked me to see if I could dig around his social media accounts and see what I could find. I find a music MySpace and a Reverb Nation page of some really terrible music that he had recorded and uploaded. And one of the songs was called Victoria, which is her name, and all of the other songs had seemingly normal titles like Summer's Day, etc. I tell my mum this and she freaks out. I send her the link and it's hard to make out the lyrics because the quality is so bad, but... He mentions her saddle shoes, her beauty, etc. They literally hung out twice, 40 years ago, and these were songs that had been recorded pretty recently. I dig a little deeper, and I find out that he's made a website dedicated to freeing Amanda Knox, the woman accused of murdering her roommate in Italy. This was super alarming at the time, but I've since not put too much weight on that, since their innocence is actually very possible. But it was still all very just strange. My dad didn't seem phased by any of this, but my mum was freaked out and wouldn't stay home alone since this man knows their address. She ends up telling all of this to a family friend who is actually a private investigator, and he decides to do some digging on this guy. Now first of all, he's changed his last name. Secondly, he's moved to about five different states in the last 20 years, all under different aliases and working completely different jobs. There wasn't much that could be done since he never actually threatened my mum and he somehow didn't have a record. He still pops up every now and then with friend requests to my siblings and me, but other than that, no one knows what his deal is. The fact that he's moved around quite a lot and even changed his name is definitely a red flag though. I personally think this dude is a serial killer or something and if he's not then he's just a very sad and lonely and mentally unstable man and... I really hope that he gets the help that he needs, but something just tells me in my gut that this guy is dangerous. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast, and please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.